You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 138, Onward to Olympus, hosted by Dan Terry. You can find beer pretty much anywhere in Missouri. And Joseph Wren. Jeff is headed for a world of pain. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if your journey to Olympus includes quick time events and extremely suggestive imagery, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. It's time to climb the mountain, find the multitude of gods and angels and pegasus, find the fiery sword, decapitate some medusas, turn zombies to stone. They were zombies, right? And then destroy them with whatever weapon we find in whatever game it is, right? I think that you forgot all the HD remasters. I did pick up the remaster of God of War 3 when I bought my PS4. I mean, that's good enough, I guess. <laughs> Onward to Olympus, continuing our series on Face Down Records bands. Just want to shout out the uh, Face Down Records appreciation group. This is Man, a thing? I, I wasn't aware. It's on Facebook. You wouldn't understand. Face Down on Facebook? Really? You're Face Down on Facebook? You know you love it. They think they know who I am. They think they do. Well, I think I know who Onward to Olympus is. They're an American metalcore band from Salisbury, North Carolina. That's where I'm from. Well, I'm not from there. I was born in North Carolina, but I'm not from North Carolina. You guys should just work that out on your own. I'm not going to explain it. Actually, I think I did in the Seven Dust episode. You did. Shout out to Morgan Rose and Scott Bowling. What a motherfucker of an episode. That's all I have to say. That was a long one. I definitely can't say the same for this one. Uh, This one's going to be pretty short and sweet, and I apologize for that. But, uh, you know, onward to Olympus, man. They are one of the more metalcore-based bands from Facedown Records. Pretty on point for the time. And we're going we're gonna to kind of dig into whether or not we think that that was a good thing or a bad thing. But before we get to that, I would like to share a post that we got on Instagram. That's right. We have an Instagram. Got a comment on Instagram about our episode on Seven Dust. He says, awesome interview. Lots of things revealed by Morgan I've never heard before. Favorite band of all time, at 7Dust Official and at Discography Discussion. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, I'm really happy to be on Instagram. Uh, I've only been using it for a few weeks now and uh, kind of kicking myself that I haven't been using it more. It's one of the easier platforms if you think about it. Take pictures, comment. Well, that was my problem. I was making it too complicated. <laughs> we got a comment on episode 135, Shy Halud. This is from No Hype Beer Reviews. Such a fantastic episode. Discovered you guys when Shy Halud posted about this and have been listening to all of your episodes about bands I like. Keep it up. That means you've listened to all 137 episodes up to this point, right? Right. I mean, every single band that you like. That includes, like, what? Callisto, Viljarta, It Prevails. I gotta stop thinking about it. <laughs> Let it go, dude. Let it go. I know. I'm one with the wind and sky. We got a comment on episode 64. Il Nino. This is from Boogie M. Wow. In regards to my mispronunciation, I assume, Boogie M says it's pronounced Revolution. Sorry, but I couldn't help myself. And neither could I. I can't guarantee I did it right this time. Yeah, I can't guarantee that either. I mean, I look, man, I just pronounced it the best I thought that I could. <laughs> I want to try really hard, but let's just be honest. I, I don't always. To be fair, when he's screaming it at that volume... With both hands cupped around the microphone, it basically sounds like what we said, even though we were technically wrong. Hard to determine them screaming vocals. One more. This is from our wonderful patron, Native Keebs. Could we potentially, down the road, get a Patreon review episode on Ice Nine Kills? 
the silver scream and possibly earn a lift. Love the podcast, guys, and the reviews. Keep it up. I believe Ice Nine Kills just made it to the schedule. Well, they're actually on the long list. Instead of just doing a Patreon review, why not just do all of them? I mean, that's kind of our thing, right? That is what we do. So uh, you could be looking forward to that sometime soon. And by sometime soon, I mean within the next two years. Episode 400. Well, before we continue with long-term plans, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We do enjoy our five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion, but please, guys, share the episodes. Sharing the episodes has been the biggest help to us recently that I've noticed more so even than the five-star reviews. If you feel like you need to review us, definitely review us. But uh, sharing the episode helps us out exponentially. Yeah. So, Dan, tell me about Onward to Olympus. Onward to Olympus is an American metalcore band from Salisbury, North Carolina. Started in 2005 and ended in 2013. I'll tell you what, man. This is one of those bands that I always considered to be a hype band. Everybody was always like, check out Onward to Olympus. And I would check them out and I'd be like, these are pretty decent riffs. I like how angry the vocalist is. I like the way the band sounds. Like overall, I like I like their sound. I don't necessarily find them to be super compelling. And we'll get into we'll get into why that is as we go. I know I've heard this band before, but I've definitely skipped over them in that I never once picked up a record and said, Onward to Olympus, who's that? I'm gonna listen to it. I did get a copy of Indicator when we picked up the face down 20 records for 20 bucks. Yep. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. I listened to it because I own it now, but I was not compelled to look up more music by the band. Well, the first time I heard them was whenever their first, well, their first official album, the, This World Is Not My Home, came out. It came out on Facetown, so it had, you know, all the hype that would be associated with that. All if the hype fan, that money can buy. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I mean, it's still a Facetown band, so they're not necessarily rocking like Rolling Stones top twenty or something like that. But they are definitely a band that kind of earned their place. They started in 2007, or I'm sorry, they started in 2005, rather, and put out an independent album in 2007 before signing to Facedown. So they definitely had a little bit of history, you know, five years as a band prior to releasing their, their what pe- most people would call their debut. But we have to talk about the independent album because it's an album. And at, at this exact uh, time, I'm the only person out of the two of us that's heard it. I found this online a long time ago. You can't really find it anywhere, and I don't even know why we're wasting time talking about it. I just kind of feel compelled to, uh, because you can't find it on YouTube. You can't find it anywhere. And I think a lot of it is because, man, there's really no nice way to say it. It just sucks. I haven't heard it recently. I'm sure we went over it once on the way to a insert name of band show, but it doesn't exist anywhere that I could locate. I completely forgotten about it until last week. So, unfortunately, I don't have an example to play for the listener. If you own it or if you can find it, congratulations. You have access to a record I have not heard today. Well, I'm not to be too mean to the band, but I mean, Joe, you're kind of you're kind of better off. 
let's just be real here. Uh, they, so they had a different singer whenever they first started, named Chris Davis, and um, he he doesn't suck. It's just it's almost like he thinks he's singing for a band that's way heavier. Uh, it's the same complaint that you make all the time about like you have subpar production, like the music sounds bad, and it, maybe the actual disc doesn't sound like this. But I don't have the disc. I just have the MP3s, and I don't know if these were ripped from like a MySpace stream or something like that, but it just doesn't sound good. But then the vocals are turned up so loud over everything. It, it just doesn't really like it sounds disjointed. It's hard to get into the songs for that reason, as the music sounds very thin and lo-fi, and then the vocals come in super, super loud, like they were recorded somewhere else. And I think uh, I, I think the biggest issue I have with this is that it, it uses a few of the same riffs. Like uh, there's a song on this world is not my home called Overcoming. But on this album, it's called uh, Blue Tennessee. And it's hard to listen to because I'd already heard the better version of it. And so this just sounded really sloppy and slow. The band makes a lot of mistakes on the record, just a lot of general sloppiness. Like I can see where they're going musically, but it just doesn't hit. It just, it sounds like an independent rele independently released album. It doesn't sound particularly good, but it kind of gets its point across. Does it sit in the same place that the Plea for Purging original independent demo does for you? That has drastically different versions of some of the same songs that would later be heard on the first record. The Betrayers comes to mind. If you want to hear that with, I'm not going to say metalcore vocals, but just a different type of heavy. But not Andy Atkins. Definitely not Andy Atkins. Does this have any appeal at all? Or is it just move on due to the real thing? I, I appreciate what they did on the end of the beginning from the sense that it sounds a lot like metalcore band, early like underground metalcore bands would have sounded like in 2007. It's a great timestamp, but there are much better records out there that play this style. And they're, they move in so many different directions on this album because they're trying to be death metal. They're trying to be metalcore. They're trying to be hardcore, but none of it is none of it is concise enough. It's too all over the place, and the vocals are actually kind of grating on me. Even though I, I think if, if the album had been better produced, it wouldn't have bothered me as much. Because I will say that like his screams and stuff, like they're very, very, very brutal, and he gets into like some really deep guttural stuff that I am a fan of, but just doesn't sound good over this music. It's like decent vocalists, but not that good of a band. Do you think it's a good representation of what the band sounded like in 2008? Maybe. I mean, I would hope I would hope that they weren't this sloppy for too long. And, you know, I definitely wouldn't describe the following three albums as sloppy either. Uh, so, I mean, I think they definitely figured it out. But I think this is just them, like, getting used to being a band. Now, they, they have an EP between this and The World Is Not My Home called Victory at All Costs. But I, I could never find that one. So that one could be a lot better. But I'm really not sure. 2010, This World Is Not My Home. Man, this thing starts off with a bang. Are you saying that you, sir, are the alien? I don't think that's what he's saying. Because it sounds like that's what you're trying to tell me. There's another band that said, I am the alien, much better than this in my eyes. But this isn't bad. This is metalcore. This is hardcore. It's 2010. Here comes the breakdown. Now I'm going to get guttural. And then the guitarist, I'm assuming, decides to sing the chorus nice and pretty. Yeah, I mean, it is amazing what three years of experience getting a new vocalist and Jamie King can do for your band. Holy shit, really? <laughs> Straight out yes. of the basement studios. This this sounds 
like in comparison to the old album this sounds incredible like it's it's produced you know it some actual time went into it everything's loud in your face crisp everything uh, i gotta say i definitely like their vocalist kramer on this album way way more than i liked the other vocalist this works as a standalone product there's nothing here that really stands out to me i hear that haste the day influence i hear a little bit of 2010 emo which you will tell me is not real emo and while i agree it's what the majority of people thought emo was but this is straight metal only in the courses and i think that the i think that the clean singing in this band is relatively minimalistic throughout their career i mean i the the clean vocals are there and i'm not gonna lie i think that they're okay but i don't think that they're so exceptional that like that they need to be there like i'd almost like this more if it was just straight brutal the whole time and again that's just because kramer has such a guttural like brutal voice he just sounds really 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 angry it's kind of like when i'm listening to something like living sacrifice and the clean vocals kick in and i'm like oh those don't really need to be there no just keep the heavy going guys you're doing just fine and they they play a lot of really cool riffs on this album like it's 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 more concise they're not going all over the place stylistically they have a goal in mind and they they execute it perfectly this is this is kind of like you know when we talked on the demon hunter episode we talked about how like you know they were a gateway band to get you into heavier stuff onward to olympus is kind of like one of the bands that you would go and check out whenever demon hunter wasn't doing it for you anymore you know it's a lot heavier than that it's a lot more extreme than that and you you know you, you don't really get the cheese from this band however there's nothing that they're doing on this record that is like super original it's it's metalcore it's straight metalcore it's exactly what you would expect from a band that was tagged as metalcore they don't they don't really vary from that so like part of me is like yeah why should they they shouldn't have to because they play their, they play their brand of metalcore very well there's nothing wrong with it but the only thing that, that kind of keeps coming back to me with this band is that yes while they are very good at what they do they're just overall not super interesting musically i mean it's kind of like hate breed to a certain extent like they don't sound like hate breed but like you have a band that just does what they do really really well and they never really vary they never really go away from that that's pretty much what onward to olympus is and on an album like this world is not my home there's definitely like i enjoy it while i'm listening to it but i don't necessarily remember a lot of it and this is after listening to the album for years and years and years i mean i really really gave this album a chance whenever i got it and i i I still every now and again go back to it just seeing if there's something that i missed about it because so many people love this band and and i can totally understand why because they do what they do very well but like on this world is not my home overcoming is one of the only songs that i remember that has anything close to a hook that wasn't like a clean chorus and that's what you're looking for you're looking for a reason to go back to the album i'm looking for the x factor like what why would i listen to onward to olympus over i don't know a band like um your memorial or uh sleeping giant or um oh man what's another good face down band uh wrench in the works oh shit you know, like bands like that like those bands and those bands that i all mentioned they all kind of have their own unique thing about them so like uh, your memorial is super melodic and that's kind of their x factor they're gonna they're gonna bring it brutal but also like really make it beautiful uh sleeping giant whom we've already talked about you know they're 
they've got that melodic almost like almost new metal sound to them that makes them really interesting to listen to wrench in the works is more like a throwback band to like more of like the noise core metal core that we got in the early 2000s onward to olympus in comparison while still being a really good band being really tight musically they're just playing whatever the modern style is at that time and so it loses points for me because i I enjoy it when i hear it but I, i i can't really go back to it very much 2011 the war within us the war within us is definitely a step up from this world is not my home in that they are more mature songwriters they kind of get to the point faster on this record but i kind of i i kind of want to take a minute to kind of make fun of some of the reviews that this album got because i remember picking this up as a new release and while again i was not disappointed at all it, you know, there there was a Christian music uh, m- publication called Cross Rhythms that used to write reviews for bands. The reviewer says one of the dumbest things I've ever heard a reviewer say about a band like this. He goes, it would be easy to define this as simply metalcore, but it also contains punishing double bass, balanced breakdowns, blast beats, and heavy guitar grooves. Okay, so metalcore. By definition... Like, right? Is that, is that, is it like, am I missing something here? Like, when he says that it would be easy to just find it as metalcore and then turns right around and defines it as exactly that. I don't think the person that wrote that review had a defined definition of metalcore, which tells me they came to it kind of their own route. That person must have taken their own journey to what metalcore is and came up with their own personal definition for what it's supposed to be which is exactly what metalcore is if you read that review. I think at that time people just thought metalcore meant Under Oath or Demon Hunter or like these bands that aren't really metalcore if you really think about it because like I mean even a fantastic band like Living Sacrifice is still metalcore. It's just that people use it as a dirty word so people don't like using the term where it's not necessarily a slight like that that is what this band plays. And I mean I can get into this album and that yeah they they definitely they, they definitely don't do anything original, but they're really good at what they do. And this album is tighter. It's a little bit heavier. It's got a little bit of that studio-assisted, you know, bass drop when the bass, when the breakdowns hit, and I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with it. There's a different clean singer on this album, and uh, he actually sounds a little bit more um, like what you would get from, from bands like this at the time. Um, I, I dare to say, you know, Joe's definition of emo kind of fits here. There's a little bit more of that on this album, but I think it's interesting that uh, that this got as much praise as it did. Um, and you know, really, really, probably the best review that I read on this was from Andy Vision Music, where the reviewer says this is an extremely solid album from an up-and-coming band. And I think that's that's the most honest way to describe it. In 2011, a good record by a band that has not been around very long is the opposite of a bad thing. That's exactly what you want. Because if they're not going to blow you away with something totally original that you've never heard before, or at least that you can't recall, then you want something that you recognize, but it can't be a direct ripoff or a direct lift of someone else. Nobody's going to write, lead us home, and call it something else. Right. And they don't do that. They, you know, Onward to Olympus sounds like Onward to Olympus. They have their own sound, and a lot of bands can't say that. I'll criticize it. They have the stock, open, C, breakdown, everybody jump up and down and do the Andy Adkins aerobics thing. They've got that, 
so does everybody else. It's the most criticizable thing that existed in metalcore. Everybody did that. But that's what we were there for. All right, let's get moving. All right, now they're going to play fast and we're all going to circle. Okay, now they're doing that thing again. Everybody. I can't make fun of them for anything else. Yeah, and I'm not here to make fun of them. I think that they're a great band. I just think that they are a little bit directionless in that, like, like they set out just to sound like this, and they do, so the mission accomplished. Congratulations. But, right, but I think the problem is is that, like, especially on this record, is they're trying to mix the old-school brutality with a little bit more melody, and I don't necessarily think it always works on this album. They're still trying to figure out, like, we already know that we're good at being heavy, but how do we be melodic and it not sound cheesy? And they, they kind of succeed, they kind of don't on this record. It's really not until the next one that I really feel like they came into their own from a sound perspective. 2012 Indicator. The first time I heard this, I was like, oh man, this sounds exactly like their other albums. Like these three albums, you could like, I was playing, I was staying up really late whenever I was prepping up for this and I was playing Diablo 3 and I started with This World Is Not My Home and let the albums play as I played the game. And I thought, I, I remember like an hour and a half had passed and I was like, man, this album never end. I feel like there's been like 30 songs and I was already on this album. And I was like, oh, okay, well that makes more sense. But it wasn't until I heard track three, Wolf's Jaw, that I was like, okay, okay. This is what they were trying to do on the last album. They didn't reach it on the last album, but they they've reached it here. That they finally written a song that actually has a little bit more grit to it. It has a little bit more, um, like a little bit more X factor, a little bit more like something for me to come back to. What is it about this song that makes you want to come back to it? It has a chorus, and it's it's by far not the only Onward to Olympus song to have a chorus. And, like, typically, you guys have heard me review albums. I don't always like choruses, but I feel like this one really pulled it all together. Having a nice melodic chorus kind of mixed in with, like, heavier breakdowns that really go for the throat, it has a nice contrast to it. They just, they had a lot of trouble reaching that point again, though. They even had, I mean, they even had a few, uh, they had a few guest like guest appearances on this album um they had ryan from four today and zach from sent by ravens on uh, on tracks five and six respectively and that helps a little bit but i mean track six isn't even really a song so it, you know um they like to keep their albums short and to the point and i think when you're playing this type of metalcore it's kind of the best thing that you can do your album is going to be the length of your set correct proportional to your starting position in the overall lineup so if you're playing second or third in a five or six band lineup, you're going to play for 30 minutes. And yep. I think there's a limitation in the majority of these metalcore bands from this era. I don't know if it's a benefit that they record 30 minutes worth of music and then the album's over or if it's a limitation. And I think a band like Onward to Olympus is a good example of if I really put this album back-to-back back with one of the previous and give myself that old-school, hour-long record, you're right. You get bored because you start to hear the same thing over and over and over again, and you want that to stop at about the 30-minute mark. Eventually, yes. And I think, again, I think this album has value in that if you're a diehard Honor to Olympus fan, they gave you what you want. They didn't change. They didn't, you know, sell out or whatever. They just continued to do the same thing that they've always done and i think that 
that's a good thing and a detriment to them because I never felt like this band really struck out in a direction that was all their own. You know, like, I don't feel like they, like, they sound like themselves, but, like, if you really break it down, like, Kramer is a good screamer, but his voice has never really varied at all throughout three albums it's the same harsh guttural vocal that you've always received in a deeper register he doesn't really mix it up that much with like higher screams or anything like that and even though i think that he can scream out a solid hook like he can actually scream a hook they don't do it enough to to make the albums interesting i don't know if that's his fault or if that's just the music that they play but you know like i said they're not a bad band they don't do anything wrong but they're just not something that you're going to be able to hold on to and as soon as i make this statement somebody's going to send me an email saying that i'm wrong but i just don't feel like they are like somebody's favorite band material i think they serve the purpose that they set out to serve but i don't see anybody being like yes these guys are uniquely my favorite band how many times in the history of this podcast have we had a band like this that is arguably enjoyable but equally not innovative i mean quite a few times i mean it prevails comes to mind oh i did it again i picked on it prevails again uh it's just it might be metalcore that's the most guilty the bands that did innovate left their mark we know who they are but you have countless imitators and there are so many that you can enjoy listening to while you're listening to them but they don't leave you with anything that says, oh yeah, dude, you gotta hear this again. Onward to Olympus is another example of, yeah, if I'm into metalcore and I wanna listen to metalcore today, I can listen to this, but I am yet to hear something that says, go get the records by Onward to Olympus, put them all on, we're gonna listen to them back to back, it's gonna be great. Between the Baird and me, I can pick out a record and have a reason for listening to it. This is just another example of which one do I want to listen to today. I'm enjoying it while I'm listening to it, but that's it. Again, if you're at a live show and this band comes on, you're in. I'll see you in 30 minutes, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. It'll, it'll, it'll be great. You might even have a black eye, you know? DDT. But beyond that, I don't think that they provide that much to contribute to the genre. Now, one of the things that I want to ask, because Facetown Records was never as big as, like, Solid State was, as far as, like, Christian metal and hardcore labels. So I guess my question is, is yes, were they generic? Yes. But were they good for Facetown? And I'm going to say that they were, because Facetown didn't have, I, I, don't, I don't know, they, they didn't have, like, a solid, at least during that time, a solid metalcore band that was digestible for everyone. So I think that they served that label really well in that regard. So this band beefs up the end cap at the record store. Yeah, yeah. Like, like this band is, they're, you know, they're the guys that show up. They're the guys that you can rely on, you know? I need Th you guys to go out there, do a 30-minute set, get the crowd hyped up. Ladies and gentlemen, haste the day. <laughs> right, but like Haste the Day had the X Factor, and Onward to Olympus doesn't have that. And I understand why they ended up breaking up because they just never really caught on. And I can understand why because you know the the window of time where this kind of music was expected and acceptable Five was a years. very short, yeah, very short window. So I mean, in, in that regard, they they did everything they set out to do, but they were never destined to be a mainstream band. 
and I think it's okay. I just don't necessarily think I'm going to remember them as the legacy band that some people remember them as. One thing about, or one thing that I mentioned is that I really do like Kramer Lowe's vocals. And he actually did go on after this band to join another band called Forevermore, uh, who signed a solid state right now. And um, I'm definitely interested in hearing them. I have not heard them yet. The record came out a couple years ago, so I need to get around to that. But uh, I'd be interested to hear uh, what that sounds like and to see if that if that band might be a little bit more worth my time. Final thoughts on Onward to Olympus. Dan. You know, I'm not here to trash the band at all. Like I said, you know, I don't I don't have the same contempt for them that I would have for like a Demon Hunter or an Under Oath or something like that. I think Onward to Olympus did a more than fine job of playing metalcore to a Christian audience and uh, kind of kind of continuing the tradition of, hey, guys, this Christian man I listen to is just as good as all these other bands that you listen to. I think they've got that. I just don't think they have the X factor to really, like, really make them a notable band. I think Onward to Olympus is another example of, I want to listen to metalcore today. What's this? Oh, this is okay. This is all they've got. And if this is what you're looking for, you're not going to be disappointed. And there are plenty of people that this is exactly what they're looking for. They want the pile of albums that's straight mid-2000s metalcore. You can't go wrong with it. It's just not bringing anything to the party. It's like the band showed up with a bottle of Jack Daniels and a case of Coke. You could have brought Jameson. You could have brought some obscure brand of scotch and some weird... Mexican-made Coke product type thing. What's not to love? Dan, what's your album of the week? My album of the week is by a band called Means. It is called In Red Grace. It was sent to me, thankfully, by the drummer of Means. It was the only album by them I didn't have and I couldn't find. So thank you for that. I've really been enjoying it. Continuing the glorious pirate metal marathon I've been experiencing lately, my album of the week is L-Storm. No grave but the sea. Nice. Now if I could just find a band with an album called Release the Kraken. It's going to happen. It exists somewhere. You might just have to do it yourself. Get Liam Neeson to do the background vocals. Have you ever been listening to this podcast and wondering, why do these guys talk about these bands? I want them to talk about these bands. Guys, I mean, we, we don't know. We can't read your mind. You have to tell us. There's a couple of different ways you can tell us. You can reach out to us on Facebook, on facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Discuss Metal or to me and Joe personally at Discuss Metal Dan and Discuss Metal Joe. We have a Discord server that's hopping. People are talking in there all the time with us in real time. We are on there. We will respond to pretty much any messages. We have a lot of fun being part of that community. If you want to join the discussion on Discord, you can click on the link in the show notes. It'll take you right there. We have an official group on Facebook for Discography Discussion. You can ask to join that group, and I will more than likely approve you. If you want to be old school about it, you can send us an email at show at gmail.com. And that those are all the ways you can reach out to us. So, you know, let us know what your favorite band is and how you're doing and anything else you want to tell us. And on that note, this has been episode 138 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please, send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Yeah, I'm sure these you find.